Welcome to the Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, August the 15th. We are coming to you, as always, from the Alamo Drafthouse here in Springfield, Missouri. I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills, with ComingSoon.net, and joining me today in the room, we've got... Alamo Jen And David Mann with the Alamo Draft House. Sporting the Spectre 007 t-shirt today. Yeah, don't take that as a... As an endorsement of the yeah, film. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it was just the clean free shirt movie today. Free swag. There you uh, go. Yeah, I wish I had a Casino Royale or uh, definitely not Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. And Kenny is still out this week. Uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week, but we do have... He called in. We do have his thoughts later on in the show. What has everyone been up to? Did anybody see a movie? There was only like 30 of them that released last week. I saw a movie. I almost, uh, so it was The Art of Racing in the Rain. Yeah. It was raining? Uh, it, it was wasn't a, a sunny movie. It was a dog movie. Um, and Kevin Costner's voice was the dog. And Did you believe him as a dog? <laughs> Did he? It was. <laughs> was he going he, method? <laughs> he he sold it a little hard, um, but it was a very pleasant. Uh, you know, he didn't have to think too much. It just kind of happened, and I, you know, I didn't dislike it. So there we go. That's, there you that's, go. There's my glowing endorsement. <laughs> I didn't dislike <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it was one of those last minute like, what's starting right now? Uh, let's I'll pop into it. this theater. And, uh, yeah. There was the one thing that was starting, so <laughs> that's what we saw. Good enough. Now I can say I saw a dog movie this year. That's good. You know, should see at least a couple every year. It's good. Is there a couple every year? <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched uh, Beach Bum, and it had Snoop okay. Dog. So yeah. technically, uh, technically a dog yes, movie. Yes, yes. I guess technically I did a see that dog one as well. <laughs> movie, as far yeah. as performance goes. Maybe well, not yeah. the movie itself, <laughs> but, but performance wise. Uh, all right, well then, let's jump into the top five, unless you, did you get a chance to... Oh, uh, well, I didn't watch any of the new releases, right. but we did do an awesome premiere last night of uh, an HBO series. Righteous Gemstones, yes. Yes, very, very funny. It the audience loved fantastic. it. fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was a real blast, so definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, I missed out on all these movies. The one I was most excited for was Dora. Right. So I'll probably get around to seeing that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our top five, then. Taking a look at number one, held it, holding on to the number one spot. I don't know that it surprised anybody that that happened. Earning just over another $25 million was Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Has anybody here seen that yet? I know Kenny's has, no. and Kenny's the one that... I know he loved it. I know he... Because it, it's right up... I mean, that's... His yeah, type I, of I'm expecting to love it again. I just I haven't time. gotten to make it out. Yeah. I haven't gotten the time yet, and I know I will see Hobbs and Shaw, and I'm pretty certain I'll love it. Yeah, like uh, Kenny and I is. have talked yeah. a bunch about these <laughs> movies, <laughs> and we love them for the same reason. Yeah, uh, big dumb fun. So absolutely uh, looking forward to it. At number two, debuting at number two was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, making just short of twenty one million, which beats the studio's expectations. The film's production budget was only twenty five million or just under twenty five million. So a solid outing for a PG thirteen horror film. Uh the folks I know who saw it, um whose opinions I care about or align with or however you want to put it uh have, have all said that yeah for a, a p it's, it's nice to have a pg-13 horror film that's good because yeah. a lot like of times they're it. not <laughs> i really would like to see it i hope that i am able to before it scoots out of here i'm yeah. sure that production value probably helped it out a little bit just yeah. looking at those monsters they look pretty spooky yep 
it was interesting because we talked about this. We touched on it a little bit last week. What would happen with that particular film and with Dora because they are their their properties that an older generation now has grown up with and when I older I don't mean like 70 year olds but yeah. like you know people in their 30s and you know have grown up with these properties and their but the properties themselves are aimed for a younger crowd so yeah. it's kind of interesting uh well so one note with that uh just over half of last weekend's audience polled uh, was 25 and older so it's kind of interesting to see that it's split kind of right down the middle with that it's people bringing their children in a lot of cases to see you know, and by children, you know, not six-year-olds or <laughs> scary yeah. stories still in the dark. It is PG-13, but uh, it's interesting to see kind of the demographic split on that one. Yeah, especially with PG-13 horror movies, they tend to skew younger. Right. Because uh, you've like got those high schoolers and or, stuff who yeah. are coming out to check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was very peculiar, uh, having a demographic, an original demographic that has aged out of the demographic. Right. And then trying to reach them through the visual medium. Uh both of both did pretty solid, yeah. Uh, so, which I'm surprised about. I, I didn't expect them to be able to. I, they're just a little hard to market yeah. as far as who who is this intended for? Because watching the trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I saw it and I was like, "This looks pretty childish." But I do remember these books, and it's like they're spooky. They're nice yeah. and creepy. They're not over the top, so kids can handle them. Uh, yeah, I I am pretty impressed that it brought a lot of people who originally enjoyed the stories uh, back to the theater, and then I'm sure some of them brought their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's cool to see these peculiarly made movies that aren't really tailored to one specific audience and see how they perform. Uh, but it looks like they both found a comfortable amount of people. Absolutely. Lion King slid to number three, making just over another $20 million. It is now, it's funny, depending on which week and what Mm -hmm. they're trying to tout. This week, it is now the highest grossing animated, and I put that in quotes, film of all time, passing Frozen's $1.276 billion haul at the global box office. They call it live action when they need that number. They call it Mm -hmm. animated when they need that number. It's kind of like, you can't play both. Sides. Yeah, it's like you're doing fine. You don't. Have <laughs> we to don't need you to pick and all choose. the things. Yeah. yeah, like I guess it'd be where pick would you your put, lane and stay in it. Where would you put Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Is that animated uh-huh. or live action? That Maybe was. A little call I think that's more live thing. action than The Lion King. Is uh, it? Yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious how much The Lion King is actually just like they filmed swooping shots of like a. Like just scenery, yeah. Just <laughs> take somebody took a drone out and just yeah. Got now the plug shots. some lions in here. Yeah. Toucan, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. There's no toucan, I don't think. <laughs> something. What is that thing? That little he's, bird. He's like a just a blue bird. No, but he's some <laughs> sort of. I'm sure there's a species for that it's little. Definitely bird. not a macaw. No, he's got that long beak. It's very two. I think it might be a toucan. I don't think he's a toucan. I he's, think toucans are bigger. He's like a buddy of a toucan, like in the family. The <laughs> he's genus. like the black sheep of pygmy? the toucan. Yeah, he's pygmy, a pygmy toucan. toucan. Okay, well that's what you we're going to go with. That. There might have been some macaws in our next one. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold opened at number four, making just under seventeen and a half million again. Very similar demographics, about a 50-50 split between folks under 25 and folks over 25 uh, in the polling at the end of this one. 
Um, to your point, yeah, it's it's yeah. great. It, and audiences seem really pleased with yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I'd really like to see it. It, it knows what it is, and I'd it say. tells yeah. you right up front: this is going to be goofy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be. They made a smart call with that. Like uh, the initial trailer had me going, like, I don't are they trying to make this like Indiana here? Jones light? Yeah, yeah. And then like the the one that breaks the fourth wall uh, kind of shows the like like particular audiences. Hey, this is the we're going to have fun with yeah. this. It's going to be silly. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm ready for some dumb fun. I'll check it out. Another one, again, a lot of folks absolutely loved it, so found its niche. And then at number five, rounding out the top five, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, followed the number five, making just over another $11.5 million. Last weekend's other big releases, The Art of Racing in the Rain and The Kitchen, finished just outside of the top five. They came in at number six and number seven, respectively, so not bad. Not bad I'd for like the to see films. The Kitchen. I really would. Um, um, it's not, the reviews aren't great, but... no. I'm still... I do love Tiffany Addish. Yeah, I do love Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, there's so not a bad the cast there. Yeah. It's just apparently has some some script issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a shame they didn't catch those early on. Yeah. It really is. Taking a look at some movie-related headlines. Not a whole lot this week. The big news this week, Disney is apparently working on a sequel to this year's this case, they call it live action. Aladdin, which does have some live action elements, more yeah. so than The Lion King. Uh, producer Daniel Lin spoke with Sci-Fi Wire recently, and he said, quote, When we first made the movie, we just wanted to make the best movie we could and let audiences tell us if they wanted to see more. And I would say, resoundingly, audiences want to see more. They've watched this movie multiple times. We have lots of fan letters. Who writes fan letters still? <laughs> we have lots of fan letters. You're, you're, we can tell you're lying, Dan. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. You mean tweets? <laughs> yeah. We have lots of fan letters about people who really go back and they bring their friends and they bring their family. And so we feel like there's more story to tell. We're going to treat it the same way we treated the original Aladdin movie, and we're not going to do a shot-by-shot remake of anything that's been done before. We're really looking at what's been done in the past and in the home video. And then there's more story to tell with the underlying material. So without giving too much away, we're certainly exploring where we can go with the franchise. He's referencing, but not directly referencing the fact that Disney made a direct to direct to video animated sequel of Aladdin titled return of Jafar back in 1994. So yeah, well now I can sleep (laughs) because you were worried that we wouldn't get another. I feel like there's so much more story to tell. I wrote a fan letter. (laughs) You were the fan letter. Yeah. I just, I just mailed it out. They had a special slot at the post office, much like with Santa. And so I direct to Disney fan letter line. (laughs) Thank you. USPS. I gotta say, Disney's so damn smart. Like, I think they're very, very intelligent. Uh, If you're bringing back all of these properties and redoing them, uh, that is a great opportunity to expand on them. And you'll have some material, because they did pretty much all of these. Everybody got a direct-to-video. Yeah, yeah, the sequels. Like, I'm waiting for the live-action Lion King Uh, (laughs) 1.5. But... uh, I'm not. I'm not shocked that they would try to expand on some of these properties since they are putting the money into, like, producing them in that live action realm. Uh, yeah, stands to reason that they would try to extend that because once they've remade all of their like strongest properies, what they're going to remake them again? <laughs> no, you got to. You've you've created well, something that you yes. might be able to build off of that's already established. So. Uh, yeah, all the power to them. I hope they're good. Uh, nostalgia factor might go a little bit out the window on some of these, but hopefully you can be true to the original appeal of the films. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how 
the first or second of these sequels to things, properties that they've touched on before end up working out. That's Well, we did have a sequel to Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. That's true. Which was not as well received as the first. Yeah. We have a sequel to Maleficent coming this fall. So it'll be interesting if that those are those can't they're not the best one to one comparison. They're not the yeah. best barometers for future success of something like Aladdin. Because there was like one of them's based off of the source material of Lewis Carroll. Right. So that already has a plausible extension, although it didn't work out great right and maleficent is a reimagining from a different perspective so right. i can see them pulling extra from the story like snow white and the huntsman as well right uh as far as like uh like remaking beauty and the beast and then having beauty, beauty and, and the, the beast, beast too uh beauty and the beastier yeah <laughs> beautier and the beastier yeah she turns into a beast Ooh. he's got to woo her uh, <laughs> the before or after they're married oh after after they're married oh, yeah. she becomes oh, the beast yeah, That's, yeah. And, well it's during the trial separation that. oh okay. as old as time yeah. Yeah. You, you really wait until you got them locked in it's got a real ever after into side. the woods mm-hmm. vibe to it yeah. yeah disney also i don't know if you guys have I mean, we've talked about this before, not even necessarily on air, but um, Disney is currently in the process of examining the Fox properties that they've acquired. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Disney has a very strong brand image. And uh, apparently a lot of the Fox properties that don't match that image are in danger of finding a home or a release at all. They did a little dressing down. uh, Or a lot of dressing (laughs) down. Yeah, with how Fox is performed like uh since they purchased mm-hmm. and i think let's see art of racing in the rain dark phoenix there's one other title i'm blanking on that they were very disappointed in their overall performance mm-hmm. and they went through and they looked at all the things that fox had in production and they ended about 95 percent of them yeah uh so right now they're working on they were going to work on a new diehard Axed. Uh, A lot of titles that they were working on sequels for, Axed. Stuber was the other one they were disappointed in. Uh, But yeah, I think they're trying to reanalyze the properties that they have. They mentioned something along the lines of creating remakes of some of their properties and just tossing them on Disney+. Plus. Right. Uh, which is weird. I know there are the uh, there are a few who that have that are done essentially that have release dates or have windows that even some of those are in danger. Just toss them on yeah. Plus. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or even Hulu for the ones that don't fit the Disney I'm image. curious about New Mutants because that was apparently been pushed back over a year and a half. Yeah, so we'll, I, we'll see if that ever mm-hmm. sees the light of day. Yeah, I uh, remember when we got the initial posters in for that, and I was like, "Oh, this looks this looks yeah cool." Was that three years ago? <laughs> yeah. Close, yeah. Uh, yeah. A poster long before there were issues. Uh, I think Taika Waititi has a JoJo Rabbit film that is in danger. Of oh, the possibly of changing, yeah. Uh, I bet they end up leaving because that one's got some. It's got solid a, and it has a date. Yeah, it yeah. has a date, and uh, and there were a few other titles that they completed that it was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep those. Yeah. Those are strong, but I am excited for them to uh, head back into some of the other movies that because Disney does know how to put things out and add a certain level of quality. I mean, they have far, right. far, far, far more hits than misses. Yeah, they so, have entire story groups that do nothing but watch Disney yeah. films and go through the script. And and Fox was having a really rough year. Uh, if they hadn't been purchased, there was a solid chance of them, you know, starting to crumble. Aside from, like, searchlight titles that right. are low budget and they make their money back. 
all their big films were having a hard time. So with Disney reevaluating and readjusting their slate and their calendar, you're going to see far fewer Fox titles. But I imagine the quality is going to... I can't wait for a new Alien movie that's high quality. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do that's like... That's high Prome- quality. <laughs> I, I actually like Prometheus and Alien Covenant, but to have it attacked from such a successful studio, right. I will be... I'll be there. I can't. I can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they own all the Fox stuff now. So I <laughs> they can't own wait a lot to see of the all stuff. the stuff that they do. Yeah. Uh, they, I imagine, they're going to pick their strongest titles. One last bit of news that we didn't have on here because it's brand new. Uh, have you had a chance this morning to check out the trailer for Parasite? Oh, no. you mean the what is it? Bong Jun. Bong Jun Ho. Yeah, yes, that's his name. His new uh, the guy who made the host and mm. Snowpiercer. I have not seen the trailer yet. What was it like? Uh, you'll want to check that out. Oh man, <laughs> uh, we've been we've been reading a lot about this. It yep, yeah. just cleaned up at the awards, mm-hmm. uh, the early awards this year. It's neon. It's a neon. It is neon. Film. Yes. Yep. We got distribution. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I hear it's beautiful. It, uh, the trailer gives nothing away, other nice. than the fact that it is uh, a. It'll it will be an unsettling, you know, one of those where you think you're getting one thing and it turns yeah. on a dime and you're getting something else. And I only saw Snowpiercer for the first time this year. Oh, I've really? seen a lot of his other films mm-hmm. that have translated. Uh, what was it? Akja was a recent one. Uh, the Host, mm-hmm. great film. Uh, saw Snowpiercer for the first time and I was blown away. Yeah, uh, he's a tremendous director. Uh, I love someone with an odd, unique vision that's not telling straight stories. Right. That's It's a little more high concept, mm-hmm. but then there are relatable elements throughout. So with this film, Parasite, and all the early responses, I'm pumped. Yeah, it, uh, looks, it looks like it will be a, a good one to check out in the theater. Yes. New in theaters this week, so we got to back up a step. We had uh, Angry Birds Movie 2 released on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this weekend, there's a ton going on. And then we've got another Wednesday release next week. Uh, this weekend, we have 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Is this the second one in this franchise? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because uh, this, and there's a few others that are very similar that are, yeah, yeah it's a separate story, kind of. The original one uh, overperformed. It <laughs> yeah. had a similar uh, release to Crawl. Right. Uh, at least they related Crawl to it. But, uh, yeah, this one... It looks a little more, I mean, it, it, they kept the budget low still, right. but it's going to be your classic campy shark film. Yeah. So yeah. Gotta I get it imagine out. I'll see the it. Same, I love all you know, the evil animal movies. Within the movies. same month as Shark Week, it's important yeah. to get those shark I'm surprised movies. they don't release it a little closer. Yeah. Maybe they're yeah. afraid of the competition of Shark Week. I don't know. I don't know that anybody stays home and I'm appoint, still, appointment <laughs> television yeah. Shark Week. But I'm still anticipating to make, too. Do they? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's a countdown in, in their house. <laughs> uh, we also have Blinded by the Light in wide release this week. How was the event that you guys had? You guys had a special pre-release screening. We had a fun event uh, for all those big Bruce fans to get to see this a little earlier. Uh, Had some bonus content in there as well. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Uh, The movie has just gotten tremendous reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian, one of our managers, got to see it early. Uh, He saw about six or seven films, like The Long Shot, and this was one of them. And he was like, this was my favorite movie that I saw. Uh, he said it was, it's beautiful, and it's really, it's funny, uh, wonderful soundtrack. I mean, Bruce Springsteen's going to bring that. Right. Uh, and it's a nice, heartfelt, unique story. So Very good. Yeah. Also this week in wide release, 
Good Boys, which is yeah. from the Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg writing team, yeah. feels like a younger version of you know every other film that they've ever written together. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays because it's a uh, it's good that's releasing on the same weekend. A lot of folks are moving back to their dorms, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's kind of mm-hmm. that's the target audience I think for this one. I'm surprised it doesn't have uh, more. I almost said more bigger. Uh, bigger supporting uh, roles in there just to sort of pump up. And the, there will probably be some cameos. Yeah, I saw throughout. Will Forte's in there okay, uh, yeah. somewhere. So that makes it's, sense. He's on the cast list, and I love him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for this one. Early reviews are great. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lot of fun, akin to middle school super bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of my favorite modern comedies. Uh, hopefully, it can live up to those lofty goals. But if it's even <laughs> close, I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, Filthy middle schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all know. <laughs> yeah, they, they exist. They yeah. definitely exist. And also this week, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Which, mm-hmm. as I understand... Where'd you go, Bernadette? Features a special menu here at the Alamo Draft House. It, it most sure certainly does. does. It has a drink drop, and I would like to talk about that now. Please do. So, uh, the first drink, uh, and this is no certain... It's just a regular order, uh, not alphabetical, not, you know... <laughs> just what you happen to have penguin. in front of you. The Pink Penguin is a Sky Infusions watermelon vodka uh, with an orange liqueur and cranberry and lime. Okay. So for those of you who are into the... tangy. Uh, yeah, a little tangy, little crisp summer drink. Or you can go with the Space Needle Shirley Temple, and that's a top hat organic ginger beer. Organic? And Sprite and homemade grenadine. Mm. So it's, a, you know, it's a little bit of a... It's a, it's a Shirley Temple for sure, and it'll be sweet. So, for those of you who are like, I remember having those when I was a kid. Well, you're <laughs> this is in not luck. the children's version. Yeah. The dirty yeah. Shirley. Yeah. Dirty Shirley. This is the and old then Shirley. <laughs> finally, uh, the most delightful sounding to me is the blackberry mudslide. So we got some Baylor's, Bailey's Irish Cream, Alamo Cold Brew, blackberry liqueur, and vanilla ice cream. And that just seems that quite, sounds really good. good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we've got that drink drop, and this movie is finally coming out. After this has some been delays. on the radar for a um, long time yes. for a lot of folks. <laughs> it looks it looks pretty good, and I need. To, where did she go? Yeah, where did <laughs> she go? Uh, What's going on with this lady? I love Kate Blanchett. Yeah, she's yeah. just mm-hmm. always good, uh, and to have a a nice little character piece with her, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be. I'm sure it'll be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. be award Kristen buzzworthy. Yeah. Kristen I don't know how much, but she's definitely in the trailer. (laughs) All right. She was in Bridesmaids. Oh, that's what it was. Mm. I knew she was in something. And next Wednesday, because for now I got to start looking at Wednesday releases, apparently. Right, I guess. (laughs) Next Wednesday, uh, Ready or Not. Ready or Not, it's coming next Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) Tip your waitress. Uh, Yeah, the Ready or Not releasing next Wednesday. Excited. Yeah, it's funny because, and this is going to sound bad, and I'm sorry, it just sounds like it sounds, but mm-hmm. it's like, for the longest time, as I'm looking through it, because I'm putting these together, and I've got the list up online, and for the longest time, I'm like, oh, Margot Robbie's got a new film coming, because all I saw yeah, was the poster she, she looks and a small similar. little, yeah, yeah, a tiny little mm-hmm. thing on the side of my you know computer monitor. And Eyebrows up, that actress looks the exact same. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's all you see, because you just see a blonde in a wedding dress, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. They looks vaguely performance familiar. Performance is wonderful in it. I hear that it is a a good time horror yeah. flick. 
You know, this one and that canceled horror movie, uh, The Hunt. Yeah. I found mm-hmm. those to be, they seemed like very similar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, although one is. I think this is probably a little more out. fun. <laughs> yes. The other, yeah. One still exists. Yes. One uh, will not get you hunted in the lobby yes. on the way out the door from yes. the folks that are upset. Yeah, we'll skip over the hunt. We, we'll try to keep the politics <laughs> yeah. out of the podcast. Oh, I was, I was just thinking. <laughs> no, I know. As a movie, I was yeah, like, it looked oh, yeah. This fun. It's but, like Dennis yeah. Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as we all thought. Yeah, <laughs> coming up this week at the Alamo Draft House. Boy, I hope you've been listening to the podcast, and I hope you've been voting because if you voted for the summer movie of 1986, here's your opportunity to check out the Goonies multiple times in the next week or so here at the Alamo Draft House. First up, though, for families, the Lego Movie Kids Camp wraps up this week, Thursday and Friday at 10 a.m. Next week's Kids Camp film is Teen Titans Go to the Movies, movies. which Mm is probably the best DC film in a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, But no, it's a fun one if your kids are into the Teen Titans. This is a fairly recent one. This is last summer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, It was last uh, summer. It overperformed uh, from the expectations that they had. It was well-reviewed. Yeah. like you said, the best one DC of the best comics DC property movies. to hit the screen along. They do a lot time. of uh, nice jokes and like. I think there's even a there's even a Stan Lee cameo yeah. in this and one. Nick Cage gets to be Superman finally. finally. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of dreams are fulfilled with this. It's one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, the kids loved it. Of course, that's there. That's right in their wheelhouse. Yeah. So uh, this week tonight, the Bourne Ultimatum wraps up the Bourne trilogy. That's at six forty p.m. Saturday, a couple opportunities to check out The Goonies, but there's differences, so listen, pay attention. At 10 a.m., The Goonies Cereal Party with all your favorite sugary treats. Mm-hmm. All the cereals from 1986. 1986. Yeah. I was going to say it's 85. I did, too. <laughs> we both got ourselves. The milk really <laughs> revives that stale cereal, so it was very expensive yeah. to get all those boxes. Yeah, a lot, a lot of eBay purchases. It was yeah. eBay. Thank you. Got yeah. the quisp yeah, and everything. All right. And then the actual, just the straight-up Goonies movie party at noon on Saturday. If you can't make it at noon on Saturday... Opportunities abound throughout the week. On Sunday, Goonies Movie Party at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. And then there's something a little different you guys are doing on Sunday at 4 and then again at 5. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have the Goonies Chunk Junk Food Feast. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what to expect if you check out the Junk Food Feast. All right. Are you 10? Are you 10? <laughs> Do you uh, really want your perfect junk food feast? Well, if you didn't get it when you were 10 and you're an adult now, buy a ticket and, well, you can't buy a ticket, I guess it's sold out. Yeah, it's sold but out. it's like, it's the perfect junk food feast from your childhood dreams. So you got a cheese pizza, right? You got a Baby Ruth bar, you got some chips, you got milk, you know, to wash it all down. You got Rocky Road ice cream. Get it. But um, Get it while it's cold. Um yeah, I mean, what's not to like? And it's a pretty, it's a real good ticket price because yeah. you get all that and the movie for twenty bucks. So yeah. the movie's a restoration. What? Yeah, it's what? gonna be beautiful. Just that yeah. junk food alone is more than twenty dollars yeah. if you just went out and mm-hmm. got yourself a pizza and you got yeah yeah carton of so ice cream. So I'm I was really glad that uh, people were excited about that as excited as I was because <laughs> people are excited about junk food. That's, yeah, yeah, that's and fantastic. <laughs> and then also on Sunday, not the Goonies. Uh, it's the Women's Equality Day screening of Iron Jawed Angels at two p.m. Yeah, people aren't as excited about that. 
because they, I am, they're all showing up at four I am, and five for uh, junk food. I plopped down my donation money quickly uh, and got four seats because I'm. We're having a voter registration drive right. beforehand. It kicks off uh, the 100th year uh, since the 19th Amendment ratification, women's suffrage, yay, which was on August 18th, 1920. So um, yeah, I'm just planning to celebrate the whole year with the League of Women Voters and. Just any uh, donation money we can get for them and for everything they're doing all year long, I am about all about. Absolutely. So I'm happy yeah. about this. And I was really excited that uh, HBO is allowing us to show this um, for free. And so all of that donation money goes straight to the league. That's fantastic. Yeah. Monday night, hey, guess what? There's a Goonies movie party what? sold out at 6.40 p.m. Uh, also on Monday, a free screening of Steamboat Bill Jr. for your Alamo Victory Club members at 7. Yeah. Were you aware we were of that? Just, <laughs> you, no, I was no, going to say, I got to look so. We, we've just been, uh, okay. we've been talking about that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. So. If you'd like to go see it, you should definitely see it. You should. You have whatever fact, seat you want. please tell your friends <laughs> yeah. it's a free screening for our Victory members. Join Victory. See a movie for free. And, and there's no cost it. to join there's, the Victory. Yeah, it's, it's just, not. It, I mean, it's almost like a why wouldn't you kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's Buster Keaton. Yeah. Exactly. So we really, really want to promote those free screenings when we're able to get them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. On a Tuesday night, there's a Goonies movie party at Yay! 640, believe it or not. Goonies. It's a great And movie. also, the Apocalypse Now final cut. Yeah. Yes. I'm they, excited the about final that. The final cut. This is <laughs> the, the one. final cut. This is... Until the next cut. Yeah, Finally this is the final the cut. Final. <laughs> After yes. all these years, I think we figured out <laughs> how this movie should 40, go. <laughs> 40 years. Yeah. I think there was a consensus that it's good already, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. everybody already knows yeah. that it's a good movie. It's, like it's just, just all the trials and tribulations of making it, and somehow it turns out phenomenal. Let's tinker beyond, with it. Beyond, yeah. <laughs> with, even though people are trying not to. Yeah. I love the tinkered versions of movies because, yeah. you know, the originals still exist. It's right. not like they burn all those copies. But you get a... <laughs> oh, no, they did with this. Oh, yeah. Napalmed it. And oh, it. no. Uh, well... <laughs> so you got to come check out the final cut. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. Uh, it should be an entertaining. Uh, I mean, if you've seen Apocalypse Now, you're going to get a little extra. Yeah, Absolutely. And then on Wednesday, if you can't make it out Tuesday night, you can come out Wednesday night at 7 for the Apocalypse Now Final Cut. Hey, there's also a Goonies movie party on Wednesday. Yeah, there <laughs> at is. At 6.40 p.m. Just in case you haven't had a chance yet to come out and check out the Goonies. It's, it's hilarious because the only reason you guys have so many is because people want so many yeah. screenings of I the Goonies. It. It's awesome. I love that they do because, you know, it's a great movie. Absolutely. We like it. Obviously, we've proven that here. In we've, this it's room. moving on. <laughs> yeah. and, and let's see, also on Wednesday night, the Blues Brothers Beer Dinner for this month. At, that's yeah. at 6.20 p.m. Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Three Orange Whips. All of that plus Trivia Dome has returned Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock in the back lot. All you got to remember is the number seven. Seven rounds, seven questions, up to seven people per team. Starts at 7 o'clock. Be here on Tuesday nights for Trivia. Get your tickets early. These special screenings often sell out. Some of them already have. Many of them already have. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get them online at Alamo, in the, sorry, the Alamo Drafthouse app on your mobile device. You can get them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield or buy them in person. Just don't wait till the day of the screening because you might be out of luck. And that would be unfortunate it if you've really got would. your heart set on a 640 screening of the Goonies, uh, the Goonies movie party on a Tuesday. Get them online. Get them quick. You can find all these events and more upcoming events. Is all of September on Facebook okay. now? I think it is. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Unless we add there might be one or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 You may have to add additional screenings of stuff. But, yeah. but 
Uh, you can find what's coming up on Facebook. Just search for at Alamo Spring Mo and hey. go to the events page. And this summer, all summer long, we've been asking for your favorite movies from the summers of the 1980s. The Goonies is one of them mm-hmm. from 1986. So We're going back year by year, choosing movies that are our favorites, asking you to vote on them. These are the movies released between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend for each particular year. We let you decide after we've chosen our favorites, let you decide which is your favorite. The results so far from social media, from Twitter and Facebook, are as follows. For 1981, we had Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1982, we had E.T. In 1983, we had National Lampoon's Vacations. Those were the individual year winners. We threw those three together, and E.T. is moving on to represent the early 80s, so from 81 to 83, in our summer finale, which is coming up really soon. We looked at 1984. We had Ghostbusters from 84. The Goonies and Back to the Future tied from 1985. It was 1985. We were both right. <laughs> we both stopped and said, oh, it's 86. <laughs> but we both wanted to go 85. Oh, my God. And yeah, so, yeah, it's 1985. Always doubt myself. The Goonies and Back to the Future tied for 1985. Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the winner from 1986. Again, through those three together, the mid-80s winner was Back to the Future. So E.T. and Back to the Future are staying alive. 1987, we had The Lost Boys. And last week, we asked for your favorite summer movie from 1988. Here are the results. At number four, with 10% of the vote, was Young Guns. I'm surprised it didn't go a little higher. Yeah, me too. That surprised me. I think that demographic voted for the eventual winner is what happened. Uh At number three, with 13% of the vote, was The Great Outdoors. Yeah, I was surprised that got third. Instead of fourth, <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved it, but there's, I mean, there's yeah. some good competition. Yeah, there is. Yep. At number two, with 28% of the vote, and honestly, I'm surprised it didn't perform higher, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah right. Too. Was big, which means number one, with almost half the vote, 49% of the vote, amazing, went to Die Hard. Not entirely unexpected. No, we kind of <laughs> knew that. That was the winner from 1988. So again, what we have moving on is E.T. from the early 80s, Back to the Future from the mid-80s, and we're putting together our list for the late 80s. We have The Lost Boys from 1987, Die Hard from 1988. This week, it's the last week we're going to do the list like I this. Know, it is so the summer weird. of 1989. And Kenny's not with us, but he did call and leave his pick. And because he came in last place last week, it's appropriate that he would get the first pick this week. This is Kenny's pick for his favorite summer movie of 1989. Hey, everybody. This is K-Dub. It looks like I had to miss another week, but I want to make sure I got in my vote for the 1989 favorite movie. And that has, hands down for me, has got to be Uncle Buck. John Candy never did me wrong, and this movie is awesome. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. So, Kenny's going with Uncle Buck. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is a fun really movie. Really funny. So great. I always confuse it with Molly Wartson. Yeah. That John Carter. Yeah. I had to gnaw that thing off your face. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> you have your own little commentary over here. That's fine. So that Pancake. brings David your pick. Since you came in third, you get the second pick this week. Take don't, a look through the list. Don't pick mine. Is there anything you want to discuss before oh, I, you make your pick? I actually I don't want to rat on myself, but I think I came in second. So Did you, who were, had the great outdoors? Yours? Oh, it was me. 
Yeah. Oh, I had them backwards in my head. I think yeah. so. Jen, is there anything you want to discuss before you make your pick? Yes, pick I, I knew wanted. that no matter what order I was this week, nobody was going to pick this. Um, Batteries not included. <laughs> having said that, uh, there are still a ton of titles on here that I really loved. Um, this isn't my prime. Like this was probably where I peaked as a person. <laughs> the the summer I turned this is fourteen, no it was further all downhill. human development it's been a beyond this point. Steep, steep downhill, just tumble <laughs> since then. Like when am I going to hit the bottom? <laughs> oh my god! But uh, so I have to go with the movie that I've watched the most, that I quoted the most, uh, that I adored, and Can I guess? not only because. Please do. Eddie and the Cruisers 2. God dang it, David. (laughs) Always stealing my thunder. People just don't know. And I wish they did because I talk about it literally all the time. And and everybody just shuts me down because they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's Parenthood. Oh, so you're slightly off. Steve Martin. I love him. Uh, I love him. And I also love Tom Hulse. And I also love Jason Robards. And I really, and Diane Weist and Joaquin Phoenix and Martha Plimpton. And Darren Are you just Dick, reading Keanu the cast Reeves. list for us? <laughs> um, oh, so good. Just the, so the line, you made me play second base. I use that <laughs> quite a bit in my uh, coaching my own son. And also my father was my coach, so it was, it just really came into play a lot. And, and it's so, it's so perfect. Like, Parenthood in general is just a can I say shit show, and and so you're can. going up and down all the time. Is is my kid going to end up the valedictorian or is he going to end up on top of the bell tower shooting people? <laughs> like, who knows? Is it going to be my fault? Probably, but it was a it was just a roller coaster of emotion and fun and heartbreak and and laughter. And I've watched it about ten thousand times, and that's probably a very accurate number. I've watched it a lot. <laughs> Watched the the TV show Parenthood that it was very loosely based on, and anyway, I'm all about it. Not about Parenthood. I was terrible at that. But I was, <laughs> but you I'm like all the movie. about this movie. Yes. Fair Parenthood enough. Is. All right. So we've got Uncle Buck and Parenthood off the list. Any surprises there for you, David? Uh, to see the those first two, gone? two picks. Yeah. I feel completely comfortable. All right. Uh, so looking at the I'm third not going pick, for yeah, I was very nervous uh, to like concede that second pick because I think there's there, there are two a few really here, yeah. really you always strong know titles. I'm gonna go Steve Martin. There yeah. are a few but here yeah. that yeah, pretty consistently yeah yeah. Uh, so before so I which do of the that, two are you taking? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, yeah. Before you make your pick, tell okay. us talk talk us through this list here. So. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2 would be like my guilty pleasure one right. on this list. Yeah, that's uh, no surprise he, there for anybody that <laughs> listens yeah. to the show or knows you. Danny Glover sitting on that toilet. That was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Uncle Buck was a really good pick. That's that's a really funny movie. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Oh, God. I know oh, that Captain, has a special Captain. place in a lot of people's hearts, but <laughs> so I equate bad. that to something that I watch in class at school. Uh, whenever when you're it's like standing when, on your desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's like it. one of my teacher hangover day movies that uh, I've gotten to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, teacher hangover day. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. Um, Do the Right Thing, amazing, amazing movie. Yes. Danny Aiello's best performance. Uh, great, can, it's great. can I interrupt to say real quick that let's just say that it's been 30 years since 1989 and just wrap our <laughs> Do we have to make that. that statement? Okay, yeah. now carry on. Uh, 
Great Balls of Fire. That's the uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid yeah. and Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah, that's a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fun. It made but, me want to watch it again, seeing that on this list. Yeah, I gotta pick if I'm gonna choose Babar the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm gonna choose. Batman. I'll be darned. I'm uh, surprised. What a surprise. And I, was... I know it's an easy pick. <laughs> no, Someone hanging fruit. Had to pick it. <laughs> right. Uh, before Heath Ledger's brilliant performance in uh, The Dark Knight, we got a very, very, very good performance from Jack Nicholson. Uh, his Joker is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, evil, but not like m- his menacing elements come from his lack of taking things seriously. Right. Uh, He's a little less brooding and bizarre, uh, mysterious than the Heath Ledger Joker, but at the end of the day, it's our first big, awesome, epic Batman film. Michael Keaton, arguably the best Batman. I'll say uh, it. That there's been so far. I think Ben Affleck could have gave him a run for his money had he gotten a good Batman movie. Had he actually been in a Batman movie? Yeah, he was He was really good, guys. I wish they would have done it. Uh, but, yeah, this is a fun movie. Tim Burton's vision with Batman uh, kind of set into, like, the course of all these, like, auteur-style style directors taking on Batman. And I'm not including Joel Schumacher. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, but they is- all are stylistic to their directors. Right. Uh, so, I think his style... Uh, as far as, you know, keeping in line with the comic books, is the most legit, uh, although Christopher Nolan's style is probably the best. Uh, yeah, I love the first Batman. It's it's so... It's just immensely watchable. I, I could watch it anytime it's on. So, yeah. I think the 1989 Batman was a bigger phenomenon than the movie itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, when the first poster came out, it was just that stylized, the first time we'd seen that version of the Bat symbol, then we had the Danny Elfman score and Prince doing the soundtrack, and, oh, and it was, was just it was every so good. every part of that movie was so the released and built to the point of, you know, just building anticipation, you know, throughout the, the first half of the year. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, the low-hanging fruit, certainly, but not Bad, not in a bad way. It's I'll not, pick the low yeah. hanging fruit. That's fine. He would have picked it if it wasn't. Yes. You, yeah. You love this movie. I know that. So looking at the rest of the list, I've got the last pick, the fourth pick. Uh, we'll just run through a few of them. Uh, Dead Poet Society, of course, you mentioned. No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan movie. With, oh, my God. With what's his name? I Tiny forgot. Lister. Yes. yes. That's a... Uh, that's a that's a moment in time uh, that will never is. be brought back. Mm-hmm. That Brother. was thirty years ago. <laughs> that was thirty years ago. Uh, what else do we have on here? Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie. I don't. Uh, Ghostbusters Two. I don't know if anybody wants to remember that mm-hmm. movie. Honey, um, I Shrunk the Kids is a strong contender. Yes. Do the right thing, of course. You talked about Great Balls of Fire, Karate Kid Part Three. Another, I mean, look at if you look through the numbers here, we've got a lot of sequels mm-hmm. in '89. That's the Hillary Swank one, right? No, that is the <laughs> new four? Karate Kid. Oh. Yes, Karate Kid Three is Daniel and Miyagi is the last of their okay. films together. So yeah, uh, let's see. Weekend at Bernie's can be hard not movie. to pick that one. That another possible movie. contender. Lethal Weapon Two. Is it better than Lethal Weapon 1, do you no. think? Uh-uh. Really? Lethal Weapon is the best Christmas movie there is. Right. Uh, so I I think Lethal Weapon is up there. As far as action right. movie sequels, 
one of the best. Right. That's diplomatic immunity, right? Yeah. <laughs> diplomatic immunity. <laughs> it's just been revoked. Great, great line. <laughs> uh, when Harry Met Sally, of course, is on yeah, here. Yeah, uh, Turner and Hooch. UHF, you skipped that. I did skip UHF, probably on purpose. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else do we have on here. The Abyss, uh, which we mentioned in a roundabout way a week or two ago. We yeah. talked about Michael Bay. It's very similar to the very, Avatar Very film. interesting. Uh, let's see what else. Casualties of War, that's the Michael J. Fox film, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, let's see what else. Sex, Lies, and Videotape, that kind of kicked off yeah. the independent film mm-hmm. movement. Uh, Adventures of Milo and Otis, again, another moment in time. That it did. I named my cat Milo after seeing that. So yeah. for me, I've got to choose between a couple here that stand out. And I will probably take the teacher hangover movie and go with Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yep. it could have choice. It could have been, you know, a few of these others. It could have been When Harry Met Sally. It could have been Weekend at Bernie's. But it's not. It's Dead Poet Society is our fourth pick. And somebody will have take exception with that, and that's fine. They can do so. We'll tell them how to do that here in just mm-hmm. a second. So let us know, of these four, which is your favorite? The poll is up right now on Twitter and on Facebook. What you do is you search for Backlot Pod, all one word, Backlot Pod, and vote. The winner will be announced on next week's show. We'll move on for a chance to represent the late 80s. Next week, and then at the end of the summer, that winner will compete against the early 80s and the mid-80s. Only a couple weeks of this left, because there's only a couple weeks of summer left. Uh, Believe it or not. And if you take exception to any of these, or you say, I can't believe you didn't put... I don't know. Looking at one of these others here. Lockup. If you didn't pick lockup, and you thought we should have, let us know. You can just always put a comment on, again, the social media on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what your favorite was, what we missed out on. And we will give you a shout out on next week's show. If that, or if there's anything that we've talked about that you want to discuss or you take exception with, or you want to tell us what you saw and what you thought of it, you can either do so again on social media, or you can call and leave us your thoughts on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We'd love to include your recorded comments in an upcoming episode. That's the number Kenny called when he made his pick. Be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online on social media. Just search for at Alamo Spring Mo. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download the Alamo Draft House app on your mobile device. Just search for Alamo Draft House in your mobile device's app store. Or visit online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield. Or just come in and visit and say hi. Yeah, friendly folks here it. will always say hi to you. If you need, if you just need a friendly smile, just swing by on we South Campbell. <laughs> come on in. Friendly smiles? Just $4. Free, oh, <laughs> oh, that's inflation, I guess. It's gone. Yeah. Well, there's tax as well. No, okay. so. Well, there's a convenience fee. Uh, okay. you know, it ends up, it ends up being about 4 bucks altogether. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can find Kenny and I when he's around. Uh, weekends on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Season 2 starts in just two weeks Woo! on Labor Day weekend. Follow us online by searching for at PGTC, since for Pop Goes the Culture, at PGTC podcast on social media and at popgoesthaculture.com. Anybody got anything else before we get out of here today? I had a delightful time discussing 80 summer movies with you all, and I'm a little sad to that see that part it, is over. Yeah. You We've, know, yeah. I'm We've, noticing how important this decade is to a lot of people. And since I wasn't alive, <laughs> yes, didn't please exist, mention that one more time. Uh, I will say, you know, my, my parents did their due diligence. I saw a ton of these movies that have been on these lists. Yeah. Uh, some are a little obscure, but. I'm sure they weren't seen by a lot of people originally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't think people were clamoring to go out and see The Package. Although I did go see The Box when that came out. <laughs> so I don't you think they're related, though. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing the number of 
films that still hold up from this decade. Yeah. It might be one of the stronger decades as far as watchability of films. Mm -hmm. There might be others that have better, better quality movies. Like, like, like if we do the 90s. If we, yeah, if we did the 90s, it's going to be a lot of prestige picks that right. we toss up there. But the 80s is just chock full of juicy, entertaining films with weird high-concept plots. Uh, they gave so many things a budget and tossed them in theaters. <laughs> uh, so I can really, really appreciate that. And and this is the decade when literally you went from releasing 120 films yeah. a year in 1980-81 to like... Just looking at this couple, list, you're like, three, four hundred a year man, by the time you get to the end of the day. Half of these movies are going to get remade, of course. Yeah, <laughs> if somebody's paying attention, yeah. And we've got some fun stuff set up for this fall as well. So even though we're going to wrap up the '80s summer movies when this summer ends, we've got some good things coming, some different stuff, some yeah. stuff we haven't done before on this show. So it'll be some fun. So don't think that just because the summer ends that the good times will end because we got some stuff planned for that. All right, like us. That's going to wrap us up for this week. I've been Joey Mills. Alamo Jen and David Mann with the Alamo Draft House. Have a good week. Be sure to vote for your favorite film from the summer of 1989 and come see a movie this weekend on the big screen at the Alamo Draft House. We will talk to you later. See you. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.